0: Guys, this is going to be a fun episode with my friend Cody Nelson, the optics manager at GoHunt.com GearShop. Before we start this episode, I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, the gear shop, the optics department, and I want to remind you that Cody Nelson, that you're about to hear, uh, is happy to field any questions that you have in regards to binos, spotting scopes, tripods, glassing techniques, He has also promised me that he will take care of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners uh, that are interested in those tripods, binocular spotting scopes, rifle scopes, anything to do with glassing. So give him a call at 702. 847-8747, 847-8747, you can, that's extension 2, you can also email him at optics at gohunt.com. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting, that's K-U-I-U dot that's the gear that Darren and I wear on all our hunts. Uh, I want to thank uh, CanyonCoolers.com, if you use the J. Scott promo code or the J. Scott 19 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. I want to thank Phonescope.com. If you use the JScott19 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. All of the photos and videos on my Instagram are through Phonescope, and then Onyx Maps. I want to thank Onyx Maps for their sponsorship. They are offering a 20% discount code to the JScott Outdoors podcast listeners. If you go to, if you use JScott19, that's going to save you 20% there at Onyx Maps. Uh, guys let's get right to this episode with cody nelson welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast i am here in scottsdale arizona at the home of cody nelson cody nelson is my friend of 20 plus years he is the glassing gurus my nickname for him he's the (laughs) optics manager at gohunt.com gear shop cody how you doing i'm
1: doing good bud thanks for having me on again today
0: Yeah, we're going to. We've got a bunch of listeners' questions, Instagram follower questions, and we're going to dive into a bunch of it. You Uh, said we had a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, episode here or several episodes. And so we might as well just dive straight into it. This one comes from D underscore Shell underscore on Instagram. And it's quite a lengthy kind of message slash question here. He says, Hey, Jay, so is there. Uh, there's nothing more than I love than hunting coos deer. This year I, I'm really going to hit the hills hard and become more of a scouter throughout the whole year in attempt to find good bucks. I really want to know specific bucks and know where the bucks tend to be in certain spots that I like. I would like to eventually get to know them very well. I want to come to you for more or less to perfect my glassing. I love to glass, and I know it's the most effective way to find deer. I've been noticing I tend to get impatient and start glassing fast just about any time. I throw the binos on a tripod. I don't know if it's because my binos are uncomfortable. To my eyes, my tripod is not as steady or I'm getting anxious to find bucks, or me just trying to compete with the pros like yourself. I'm just curious if I'm putting too much thought into it, or what would be like some feedback you can give me from someone I know that's successful. I'll be listening, thank you sir, and also since coos deer are primarily what I choose to hunt, but I also like to hunt muleys and javelina with a bow. My question is should I get a pair of ten by forty two Swaros before the fifteen by fifty six Swarovski? I already have a pair of fifteen by fifty Vortex. Not the best pair, but I've had them for a long time, haha. And to your let's see, I'm open to any advice to become becoming a better cooster glasser. Well
1: Well there's a lot right there.
0: Yeah. I mean there's There's a lot right there to dive into. Um, The very first thing I would say is, for one, thanks for coming on, Cody. Thanks for sharing your expertise. We're going to dive into this question. It's fairly lengthy, but here's someone that wants to become a better coos deer glasser. And I consider you one of the best glassers, whether it be coos deer, elk, whatever it might be, that I know. When I get a question like this, for one, it's humbling to get someone that's basically... Well, I, I got chills
1: just thinking about that.
0: Yeah. So it's it's pretty neat that there's a willingness out there of people wanting to get better. Um, and, and I'll say a few things and I'll let you dive in as well. First and foremost, I would say that everybody has a point where they want to get better and you're either getting better or you're getting worse. I, I just don't think you stay the same. So, first, the desire to want to get better is is a huge part of it. And I think you can have all of the best equipment in the world and be a horrible glasser. I think you can have mediocre absolutely, gear and want to be a good glasser and be a better glasser than someone's, you know. Ever since I've grown up, whether it be tennis rackets, golf clubs, skiing, I mean, I grew up in a, in a fairly... Um, humble, moderate house where we didn't, we couldn't afford everything under the sun. And I always know that that desire to want to be good at golf, at tennis, at skiing, at football, at baseball—that's a bigger part than the gear that you have. With that being said, if you can take that desire to want to be good and couple it a- with absolutely. good gear, I think I think you can move leaps and bounds in your ability. Absolutely. But I also think that, you know, having the desire to get better and then he has some self-awareness here that he understands that he's maybe glassing too fast. And then he's wanting to know, you know, am, am I just panning too fast? Am I missing things? So there's a lot to go over here. And, you know, I would say that you want to buy the best equipment that you can afford. And I even say buy the equipment that maybe you can't afford, but you're going to use it for a long period of time. Right. So a lot of people, I think, ask, <clears throat> ask me the question of, well, should I get you know this brand or this brand? And I tend to say buy the best you can buy. Take it as a long-term approach that if you buy the best you can afford or maybe that you can't afford and you're going to have it for a good period of time, it will work for you. Rather than buy something that you can you can easily Absolutely. afford yeah, no. and then three years yeah. later, although Cody's in the business of selling optics, you've you've been in both situations where you know maybe you couldn't afford this pair and now maybe you get to a, a position where you can now afford something higher. but if you can always get the best, you're gonna you're probably gonna do better when you couple that with the desire to want to be better
1: well I, I think. First of all, the the, the question, and, and it's fun to hear that and to to see the enthusiasm. Because no matter what, you take a a guy like that. I don't know if he's older or younger or you know whatever he is. I don't know if he said his age, but I mean it, it, that to me is 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 half the battle that he's enthusiastic about it, and he realizes that maybe he's not the the best, and, and, and I kind of want to, like the things, a couple things that he said in there is like, the first thing I would do is stop competing. I, 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 I'm I not telling him not to have fun and not try to be better, but, you know, unless, you know, you're a guide and you're out there 80, 90, 100 days a year and you're, you know, burning every cent you can afford to drive and do all that, you know what? you're chasing something that is pretty hard to chase. So I would take the enthusiasm for the love of what you're doing and the fact that you like finding game and let that fire burn in you. I don't care whether, you know, somebody else is killing big bucks or that's all great. And I, and I think that that's, you should always applaud that as long as, you know, I mean, those guys are putting in the effort too. That's awesome. But, I would be more measuring, you know, against myself than I would, uh, you know, stop worrying about, you know, the J, you know, he, I think he said, you know, know, I'm competing the pros like like you or And, and, and I just think that worry more about yourself and the things that you can control because, you know, I mean, look, I don't get out as much as I want to, but yet, you know, we get to help people and I get to go out last week and, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, I haven't been out in a month now and we glassed up, you know, 13, 14 deer, you know, three, four bucks, saw three bulls, a coyote, a cubby, a quail. And, and, you know, you know, I, I I mean, that's a good day.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: for, for three hours in the morning, that's, that's a good morning. I have something to add to that as
0: well. And it sounds like he's a little bit jumpy as far as he's you know, trying to bounce around, he's glassing quick. I think there has to be kind of a calm peace when you sit down. And that's why I say I like to hike up to glassing knobs and I like to be there in the dark. And I like to let the sun, you know, the sunrise unfold. And I like to sit there and kind of soak things in because what it oftentimes allows me to do is calm down absolutely it allows me to sit there and breathe a little bit
1: well you learn some of that anxiety that that anxiousness yeah you know, uh, i mean even uh,
0: if it's a big ram that we've found the night before or a big buck or something that we know is there it's always nice to get and sit right and breathe and relax yep and then let your let your put your eyes in the binos and then go to work but if you are getting up there and you have that anxiousness and you have that um it's not a nervousness, but if you're if you're all amped up, you're more than likely your brain and your eyes are not going to process what you're looking at I so you could have, agree to have a calmness well, and a confidence that you're always glassed with
1: confidence it, it's you know I went out with a guy this weekend you, you know brad and we, and we were talking, and he was asking questions and and he he's like, well, you know, when do you know when to give up on a spot? And I'm like, you know, sometimes you just you just gotta put the time in. Like you can't. The most valuable thing I have in life is my time. I got a wife, three kids, you know, two dogs, and you know, I'm 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 running a you know an optics division of 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 Go Hunt, and you know, I've got family and friends and people with tech. Ta- and I, I want to do it all. But at the end of the day, I can't. So, you know, you've got to maximize what you're trying to do. And if you can spend as much time as you can, you know, behind the glass, let your, let your eyes do the walking um, and do all of those things. Um, the thing that, that, that I would tell him that there is a time to power glass. And there's a time to to be more methodical and slow down. Um, for instance, the other day we started. You know, there there was no deer movement first thing in the morning. I mean, be, and I'm talking pre-dawn. You know, pre or pre-sunrise. Well, my gut instinct with a full moon that had been blaring the last couple days was to slow down because the deer are not moving it's 19 degrees or 18 degrees where we were sitting that just told me you know you gotta listen to everything around you what's the weather doing is the sun up is it is, how cold is it what do the bucks do when when it's that cold so you start putting all that together and and the guy i was with that day brad i mean he you know he was just soaking it all up like you know why are we sitting here versus over here and what do you do and And, and you, and as the morning kept going, he kind of just realized that there's, you know, maybe I should, there's just kind of a method to it. And some of that just comes with experience of knowing, Hey, whoa, I need to hold, I need to pump the brakes a little bit on this deal and slow down because I'm not seeing the deer in the normal little spots that maybe I've seen them in before. And as soon as we started to slow down, yes, the sun came up, things got a little warmer. But then that's when the deer started to stand up. They, you know, they weren't just, it wasn't that immediate sunrise and the deer just for, you know, right. coming out of the woodwork there. Well, it and I think you while. have to understand
0: that there's so many factors, especially when he's talking coos deer. He says he likes to hunt coos deer. They're so finicky. A mm-hmm. little bit of wind chop, a little bit of cold. You know, they are thin-skinned. I mean, you hear, oh, they're, you know, prime time. Well, sometimes prime time is 11 to 2. Exactly. I mean, if it's very cold, if it's very windy... If you had a rainstorm, I mean, they're going to hunker up. I mean, so you always go and glass with confidence and you always go and and glass with anticipation that you're going to find what you're looking for. But what I do when I'm not finding things is I typically tell myself, slow down. Exactly. especially with coos deer, slow down. But even with elk and deer and sheep, like pick it over. Slow down. Yep. And I tell myself almost every glass session, slow down.
1: Well, that, I mean, literally, if there's one thing to tell people, that's the discipline. Right. Because we, we, we all think, well, you know, if I go out today and I don't see anything, like, it's a waste of day. Well, yes, I beg it's to differ. It's a process it's a, it's a process, but, and I've always, and I, I don't know, I mean, I just, it, it's tough to tell guys that. But if you're in an area that you know you've seen deer before, the bucks are going to be there. You may not find a giant buck every time you're out, and, and that doesn't happen every time you're out. But like he's wanting to get better at, you know, at, at coos deer hunting. He, the, the, the best way that I do it, the best way that I know how, is to put my time and my, put my butt on the ground, watching a, a good area right and in spending the time behind the glass
0: yeah and i think even when you're behind the glass and you've gotten to a position and you think you're in a good spot and you should be seeing stuff and you're not seeing stuff and you're you're like i need to move what i typically do is i look at my watch and say i'm going to give it 30 more minutes right i usually add a half hour <laughs> even when i just know i need to move i usually say start over yeah Play, hit it, it again. It's
1: almost like playing a game with yourself. Yeah. Just like, I mean, literally time it on your on Hit your, it again yeah, and on your phone. 30
0: more minutes. Yep. And I can't tell you how many times I've just been panning, looking, looking, boom. There's a buck. He might be standing there and I go, how did I miss him? Well, I missed him because my brain was going, do I need to get out of here? Are there bucks here? Are there big bucks here? Maybe there's a bigger buck on the other side. Like slow down yeah. and let your eyeballs tell your brain, process that oh there's a deer standing right there. It, it,
1: it was also apparent to me this weekend that and in in jay I, we've always kind of said this when when we're using the koas or the btx or the twins or I, i've said this anyway i know i don't i'm not sure i coined it but i always kind of feel like it's cheating a little bit and I, i'm 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 not in and, and i say that but it's you know it's still my time and my eyes behind the glass but i was looking at a at a ridge top and i'm going to tell you that it was i didn't i didn't actually measure it but it's it's 1800 to 2500 yards and the gentleman that i was with was using 15s and so i started to pick as soon as the deer started to move like that 9:30 time man i started to pick them up just like i mean here here here, here's another one, here's another group, blah, blah, blah. I and mean, then it just started to fall in. What I figured out was, is that when you're teaching somebody or you're helping somebody and he's using those 15s and you're looking basically, you know I'm looking through 30 power, he's looking through 15 power. Half the power. I don't care who you are. If you don't slow down, because he would glass the same little triangular canyon you know deal that I was glassing and he would walk right over the top of them and I'd say no come back and you know I draw him in closer and he and all of a sudden they'd move and he'd go whoa he's like I see all you know that there was one group of four and he goes I see them all and if he hadn't slowed down and that's you know some people take that as the wrong well you can't slow it well in some cases you literally have to slow down And let your eyes work in that field of view. The whole field of view. Give it time for the deer to move. Because whitetail don't... Unless they're running around, which... I mean, yeah, it happens in the rut. and It's an awesome time to see deer. But if... Like when a buck's by himself, he's methodical about every single move he makes. He doesn't do anything fast.
0: In other words, your binos have to be still. If, If you're on a constant pan... A lot of times that's you exactly don't what i'm saying up. you know when they're running you can be constantly power panning but um you know most of the rest of the year you have got to have stationary binoculars that you're that you are panning but at at long you know five to thirty second maybe Absolutely. minute periods they're not moving at all and then you move it a little bit left or right you know i like to pan basically left right left right and, sure you know work my way down or up um But you have to let your eyes swim around. You have to let your eyes work. If you're panning too quickly, you're going to miss a lot. You're
1: going to flat out miss
0: them. Now, he brings up a a question asking about, um, you know, he says, I've got... Um, should I get a pair of ten by forty two swaros before I get the fifteen by fifty six swaros? I already have a pair of fifteen by fifty six. Did, did he say that
1: tenths. he? So he doesn't have a net glass, is what he's saying. I mean, I, I'm I'm presuming it doesn't sound like. I'm it. I'm assuming that he doesn't have a net glass. If it were me, and he's wanting to do what he's stating he wants to do. I'd figure out any way possible to get the best pair of 15s I could.
0: Yeah, so he's saying that he wants to hunt coos deer. He wants to scout coos deer year-long. I would tell most coos deer hunters out there, my opinion is if you are specifically a coos deer hunter, the single most important piece of glass that you could have would be a pair of 15 by 56.
1: I could not agree more. Now,
0: I like the Swaro 15 by 56. Mm -hmm. I think they're best in class. I think they're the best best on the market in their class that's my you know i like them i would tell someone if that's if you're a coaster hunter over a spotting scope over a chest binocular 15s are the most important piece of glass for a coaster hunter i would agree now i will also go and say that if you have a good pair of 10 by 42 whether it be i like the sorofsky el's or the sorofsky slcs Mm -hmm that you can do a ton of damage with those mounted on a tripod yes you're you're absolutely leaving five power but i actually started out with a pair of 10 by 40 zeiss then i went to 10 by 42 slc on mounted on a tripod and it was night and day difference because you get that real crisp you get that wow factor Mm -hmm. you've got a wide field of view so if deer are moving the tens become a real effective tool but I would say, you know, coos deer hunting in general, I'm almost always using yeah. fifteen power it, it, If I
1: just had to choose one, I'd choose the fifteens. Right.
0: Now I would also tell him, you know, he's talking about, you know, is is he missing things? He's you know, he wants to get where he can quote unquote compete with the pros or keep up with the pros. Well, If he's throwing me in the category of a pro, which I am a licensed guide, and I do take people hunting for (laughs) a living for Cooster, so I guess I am a pro. I didn't start out as a pro. No. And you have to put in the time, and part of that is finding good points and good ways to put yourself in an optical advantage over what you're hunting. Whether that be the highest point in the unit or the most pointy, hill in the unit or a a ridge that you can glass off both sides or working a road system where you can glass up i mean there's lots of different optical advantages but in my opinion i always like to go up Mm -hmm. where i can look across and down that's my that's my absolutely and i always like (coughs) if i have the choice to get somewhere where i can see the most country I think one of the things that people make the mistake is they hear that go to the highest point around, but now they're up on some high point that they're too far away at what they're looking for. Even if they have the big binoculars, you end up getting three miles away and you lose that definition. And then if you're not going slow enough, you're going to miss stuff. So pick in my opinion, the highest, most pointed point where you could look 360, but also that's in that, you know, money zone of range where your eyeballs are going to pick things up, even in well, the
1: best glass. <clears throat> I think it's uh, to answer a couple things or to add to a couple things that you've said is that the time, I mean, you know, I, Jay, I'm 48 years old now, but I, I've been glassing like this more of my life than not and and i consider myself a good glasser so I, I've, i'm not a licensed guide and i don't it's not my thing but the bottom line is is that it's time that develop that trial and error it, it's it's learning how to make that successful i'm as anxious as anybody I mean, I'm, I'm out there maximizing my time, too. My time's important. And so I want to find things, and I it just, you know, over the years, you start to develop that, you know, how to and when not to, and some of it's guttural. And, you know, I mean, I was talking to Rob Vandercoy the other day, and he's fishing, and he says, you know, sometimes, Cody, I throw a lure because it's my gut. Well, it, it, the hunting's not any different. Right sometimes you just kind of have to kind of feel around you and, and figure out, you know, where you want to be and how you want to be. And, 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 you know, I couldn't agree more with getting, you know, to that vantage point. Um, you know, when we, when we chose our spot the other day, it was, it was kind of the best of all worlds. I I could look in three sixty, um, you know, I could look below us, you know, and, coincidentally we ended up finding deer in all of those we found them below us we found them across from us and found them us you know found them at the farthest distance away and i think i think sometimes um i i think some people um they get so there were other hunters that were around we were not hunting um some guys drove up to us from washington um Nice guys, I can't remember their name off the top of my head right now, but you know they obviously had come up after us. They were they were looking to start their gig, and um, you know they they wanted to get off you know back into the deep stuff. And and there's you know there's there's a reason for that. There's some good country back there, but I just wouldn't have chosen that. I would have chosen to stay back a little bit, glass a little more and and let things develop and and you know um we just do things differently i hope those guys were successful that day and 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 wish them the best and um but i just know how i would have done things differently that morning having you know them come in when they did and i just would have been a little different And and that's you know obviously again it comes with time and experience. Yeah, and everybody has their own style as well. Exactly.
0: He mentions that he likes to hunt uh, mule deer and javelina uh, with his bow. You know, should he get a pair of ten by forty two swaros before he gets the fifteen by fifty six? I think the thing he's got to look at is what does he want to do most? You know, if he can only afford one pair of binocular and he's going to want to hunt, have a chest binocular, then he's going to have to go with a 10 by 42. But if he's a serious coaster hunter, I think going with the 15s, but you can't handle
1: very well
0: 15s. So, you know, if he's got maybe a a cruddier pair of chest binocular, if that's even a word, cruddier pair, (laughs) he can do most javelina uh, stocks with those, and he can do most mule deer stocks with those but if he wants to get serious about glassing 365 days a year or you know a lot a lot of coos deer throughout the year 15s are by far
1: the way to go i would always put my money towards the glass that i'm going to use the most i use the 15s on a tripod or, you know, I mean, 12s to 15s and, you know, there's some 18 powers out there. But my point is, is that anything in that, that 15 power range, because I want the best glass that I can afford for the longer distances because it matters the most. When you're trying to figure out if a deer's, you know, got, you know, the the right configuration that you want to understand that he's a hundred inch deer versus not a hundred inch deer. At the longest distances, the quality of glass matters. So I would always lend myself to, and we've answered this before in the podcast, but I would always lend myself to having a lesser pair of chest binoculars because I don't I, I don't need that just to definition look... definition and you know clarity. I mean. For that matter, I've used a CRF rangefinder as as a, a quick spot, you know, like hey, just look at something. Have you know seven or you know six or seven more power, and put it back in my deal and gone on. And, and if it's something I really want to look at, I pull 15s out and you know and really look at it. But I would always put my money towards the the 15s or that mid glass first, and then start working on the the the, the net glass. And then start working on the spot, or you know that for the long level. range at the next level. He also mentions
0: that you know his tripod is not that sturdy, and the tripod head is not that sturdy. Well, I think that's like fundamental. Like you have to have a pair of binoculars. You have to have a good position, seated position. In my opinion, sitting on your butt or in a stool. I prefer mm-hmm. sitting on the ground. But I would take care of. The tripod very first and foremost, because it has to be a platform that is stable sure. and the tripod head has to be one that you're comfortable with and it has to be stable. If you get any vibration at all, I I, I see people glass
1: with it's, some of the jankiest stuff uh, you've ever uh, seen uh, that's worn out. Again or Jay, it kind of comes back to that middle like if you gotta choose one, I I would go with and we're going to talk about this later because I, I know that I got a question about tripod and how to choose them. But if I had to choose just one, I'll take stability over lightweight every time. Right. I'll take the middle of the road every time. Right. I'll take a little bit more stability because to me, the long range, it's more important to be still than it is the short range. So I'll always lend my you know lend it to that. But I just to go back on something just real quick, I don't care whether it's mule deer or antelope, or uh, javelina, or I don't don't care what you're looking for. All of this applies. I don't treat them any differently. The mule deer, I can say, I think tend to be more nomadic than the coos deer do. So aside from maybe moving different areas because a buck's maybe moved in, that's all I can say to that. But I, all the, the glassing rules apply.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, you know, but back on the tripod deal, you've you gotta you got to have a good tripod. It's got to be stable. Ha, stability you, over, you stability you can't every time. You can have
0: vibration. And, you know, that goes with the legs and that goes with the head. Like, you can't have great legs and a crappy head. Right. You can't have a crappy head and you can't, it's got to be a good tripod. Yep. It's got to be stable. then you've got to find you've got to glass in a stable position you've got to position your body that's in a comfortable position you've got to make every advantage for yourself that you can you've got to be comfortable you've got to be calm and then you've got to let your eyes get in the binos and you've got to just get into it and you know Dar I always laugh he hates glassing next to anyone he hates it (laughs) And especially if I'm sitting there going, Hey, did you see that? What'd you see? He's like, Would you leave me alone? Go away. And there are some people that like to sit right next to someone and they like to talk. and, Hey, did you see that? And this and that. That's fine. He's one that's like, I need to be in my zone. Leave like I need me to alone. concentrate. I'll call you. If I see something, I'll wave you over. You know? So I think giving advice to this, this, listener or follower on Instagram, I would say you've got a glass with anticipation that you're going to find what you're looking for. Yep. You've got a glass with confidence and you've got to expect what you're looking for is going to pop up in your binos at any time. Even if you've gone three hours and not seen anything, that's just one second closer that you're going to find what you're looking for. Number two, once you find something Let's say you found a big buck the night before and you're looking specifically for a big buck. Right. You have to expect that he's there and you're just not seeing him. Right. So many people I get or I've talked to or they send me a message, I found a great big giant buck. Great. Where is he? Well, I don't know. I left there. I couldn't find him.
1: <laughs>
0: well, okay. Did you glass till it got dark? No, I needed to walk out and I wanted to be able to see. Okay, did you go right back first light? No, I think I'll give him a few days. And I'm like, wait a minute. And this, you know, is a tip for someone that's asking for advice. My advice would be if you find something big.
1: Camp on him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And if you don't see him the next morning, that doesn't mean that he's not there. Don't let your mind play tricks with you and say, I need to go somewhere else. He's not here. No, he's probably right there. You need to exhaust that first. But I think glassing with anticipation and glassing with confidence is huge. That's a huge tip. And then slow down. Obviously, a fundamental is glassing from a stable platform stable position yeah, get comfortable and then picking good places to look from where you have right. an optical advantage most of the time for me that's up high where i can look down into brush where when you're looking up a lot of times you're just seeing the top of a deer's head when you're right. up you can see their full body even the thickest hillsides if you're looking down at them, or even across at them, you can see into that brush a lot better. You know,
1: and and I can make the argument too. There, there's nothing wrong. In, in some cases, you know, don't be afraid to change angles. You know, if you've got a place where you can walk down a couple, three, four hundred yards, or a mile, or half mile, or whatever it is, I'm not saying don't be. You know, I mean, don't be creative that way, or don't don't look. I think that's a good thing sometimes.
0: Well, not only is it a good thing, but you might change the angle where that buck's been bedded the whole time and you move over 40 yards and boom, he's right behind that tree and you pick him up. Exactly. But when you're you're focused on an area, yeah, sit there for 30 minutes to an hour. If you don't see anything, a lot of times I'll move over 10, 15, 20 yards or 50 yards. Maybe I'll come back to the original spot. Then I'll bounce over to my right especially if I've got something that I know should be on that hill and I don't see them in the first 30 minutes, I'm going to kind of bounce probably 50 yards on either side and just try and change it up. I think mentally, too, it changes your angle. So when your eyeball gets to that clump of trees and that cactus, it looks a little different, so you don't become... You don't, like, glaze over and it becomes boring. You actually are like, okay, that's a different angle. I can see in there a little bit. Oh, there's a deer's nose. And you pick stuff up.
1: Well, you know, there's another thing, too, that I was kind of thinking about this this weekend, Jay. So if you take your quad or whatever into an area, totally cool with that. You know, legal. All that's good. But if you're going to park back from where you're going to glass... I would just tell somebody, when you get to your glassing point, don't walk around it and skyline yourself the entire day. Because, <laughs> I, I, it's just, when you get to that glassing point, like, get to your point where you sit down, you're off the edge a little bit, you got something behind you. Because, if there's, you know, th- the particular situation I'm t- talking about, there was definitely deer within shooting range but those deer knew that those people were there before the people saw the deer cuz Cause, cause, you know we could see this they're very evolving. Aware. Yeah. they're they're way more aware than what you and I are well than what most people are are, are thinking they're aware and you know you and I've always talked about that when you're within 300 you're in their world and you literally are within their world at 500 you're getting better you know, it's probably more like eight hundred to a thousand is where I you might be able to relax a little bit. But, but most of the time they still know you're there. But they they yeah, just I mean if you got a good glassing point, get off the top and don't be a beacon of of you know, like here I am because I'll guarantee you that they know. In the biggest bucks They definitely they have. know. Yeah. Cody I think we answered that question
0: good Um, that's going to be part one of this this series of episodes I want to thank you for coming on Uh, obviously gohunt.com gear shop the optics department you're the optics manager Uh, for listeners out there want to talk to Cody about optics about glassing about technique uh, they can reach him at 702-847-8747 extension 2 they can also send him an email he answers that himself at optics at GoHunt.com.
1: Hey, I just wanted to make a mention to this guy. And I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head here. But I think the one thing that he needs to take away from whatever he's doing. Have fun.
0: He sounds a you, little pressured you, up. You, and
1: you're not working. Have fun. Yeah. And by the way, if he thinks that that the pros don't have days where they don't see anything or they didn't find a giant buck, okay? They have those days. They're having those days right now. I have them more than not. Well, that but that's the whole point is that, you know, with social media and everything and the whole deal, all I'm saying is, is that sometimes we get this impression like those guys go out and they never not find something, and that is absolutely the farthest thing from the truth i think it's a great point i mean i lose more than i win uh, 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 absolutely just have, and
0: if you grasp that fun. concept of it's going to be a grind and you're not going to see giant bucks all the time and that you're just going to have to keep grinding and plow through stuff you'll any, get better
1: any day of field is a good day and i don't care whether you saw a cubby a quail a couple of bulls whatever it doesn't matter Have fun. Good stuff. Good stuff, buddy. Thanks for having me, Jay. I appreciate the opportunity,
0: uh, as, as always. Thanks for coming on.